Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, I got the brush off again. I don't get it. Is there something wrong with the way I wave? Elbow wrist, elbow wrist. Why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me? I'm friendly. I give everyone peace of mind when I protect their homes through Progressive. He should be jumping for joy when I walk by. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe it's me. No, it's him. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Yo, what's up, YouTube? It's don't. Oh, my bad. I'm bugging. What's up, podcast people? Yo, <laughs> chill out. What's up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Allen Iverson. Shout out to my man, Col- shout out to my co-host, Ty Lue. I'm definitely AKA not Ty Lue in this situation, man. You're definitely man. Ty Lue. You're Come definitely on. Ty Lue. I, yo, I'm You're light-skinned. To- You're light-skinned, right? What's that mean, bro? Ty Lue's light-skinned. I, I'm closer to Philly than you. What's that mean, right? Nothing. I. But man. you're you're close. You're closer to trash than me, right? So I, I'm an MVP you know candidate, and you're a role player. We're not doing that. I. None of us <laughs> is not role playing, Lo. It's just the name of the podcast for this one. Yo, uh, some major news happened, so we figured we slide in a third podcast. By the way, thank you to everybody giving us five stars on iTunes, just listening, downloading, showing us love. We sincerely appreciate it. We like to kick back, sit here, and talk about sports is what we do. We do it all the time. We figure we might as well hop on a podcast. And yo, Lo, somebody tweeted at me and they said, yo, if you guys want to create a community, why don't you just make like a, a subreddit? So I think that's something we're going to have to do, man, because that would actually be a really, really dope thing. You have a subreddit. People could communicate. If you say something ridiculous, Lo, then they could cook you in the subreddit for doing so. Trust uh, me, you're going to make you're gonna make a subreddit just for people to cook you. They're not that's, gonna cook that's, me. That's hilarious. Why no, they gonna is. cook me, agent? You're because you know nothing about basketball. All right, and you're always negative, getting facts incorrect. All right, we understand. When? We are- when? All the time. See, we'll talk about it in the podcast, man. All right, Lo. Uh, the talk of the hour is the Blake Griffin trade. You just dropped your video on it. I did watch it, so I know like a little bit of how you feeling about the situation. Listen, here's what I know. There's plenty of situations me and Lo both talked about where teams take way too long to trade assets. At the end of the day, every team should ask themselves the same question. Can we beat Golden State or set ourselves up to beat Golden State? If the answer is no, there is no point in in no point in not blowing things up or building for the future because this year, probably next year and hopefully not, but maybe for the foreseeable future, there's a team with so much talent. There's no real point in going all out. So what the Clippers did, they blew the team up. They sent Blake Griffin over to the Pistons for some decent players. They got back a couple picks as well, and we'll talk about that. And maybe what's more important 
is that there are reports that they also want to trade both DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams. Are the Clippers now going to be a lottery team? Well, they are going to be a lottery team. I think I think it's fairly obvious that they're trying to rebuild, right? Because if my understanding, there was a conversation that was had amongst the front office and DeAndre Jordan. For those out there who don't know DeAndre Jordan, he's on an expiring contract, or at least he has a player option at the end of his contract, and more than likely he's going to opt out of that player option, yep. as many stars do. And he's going to test his um, test his value in free agency. And a lot of people are assuming that he's going to go to play in Texas, um, which is what he attempted to do last time he was a free agent. And now that Houston is a legitimate team, there's a possibility that they are willing to give him the money, which as a side note is very interesting. A very interesting ruffle in this entire thing is that it seems as if DJ and Chris Paul, there is nothing wrong there. I think the, the bad, the bad blood was between Chris Paul and Blake because DJ is now going to play with Chris Paul or at least, Allegedly, he wants to still play with Chris Paul. So that's a very interesting um, ruffle in this entire uh, scenario because it, people would just assume that Blake and um, DJ were, were good friends. However, I digress. Um, since since they're going to more likely move on without DJ, that means that there's no reason to keep Blake. And like you alluded to earlier, there's so many teams that just hold on to assets for no reason. Zero. Like for no reason. Like yeah. zero reason at all. Like why are you holding on to these players and so if you're going to lose DJ, you're going to be a lottery team anyway. So you might as well just trade Blake, which at this point, I believe this is probably going to be the highest that he's going to be valued. He's under, he's under contract for a very long time. Um, he just came off from an injury, but it was kind of a, a fluke injury as he kind of got knocked in the head and, and had to sit out for a few games. So even though, yes, he's injury prone, however, for the most part, this is basically what many people expect they were going to get out of Blake anyway, statistically. And so why not trade him now, which is probably, again, the most value you're going to get with him. So I understand on the Clippers' part why um, they wanted to move him. And, yeah, they're going to be a, a, a rebuilding team in the lottery. I think they could. They barely had a shot at the Warriors before he got KD and when they had Chris Paul, DeAndre Blake, and that whole team. Now, and, you know, Lou William is holding his own, but they got to the point where DeAndre's on an expiring. You mentioned the Rockets, which is, which is interesting because I think Capella is also on an expiring. So it's yes, like yes, their yes, front court yes. is going to be interesting next year to see if they re-sign him, which I'm sure they have bird rights to, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, or if they shoot for DeAndre, who's said multiple times that he's willing to and interested in going to play for the Rockets. He wants to be a contender at the end of the day. Uh, but to trade Lou Williams and now DeAndre, I think DeAndre is late. So the Blake Griffin trade is a W for the Clippers. I think we could agree. Whether you think Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris, whether you think they're worth it, they got picks on top of that. And not only that, but they knew they weren't going to win. They said there's no real point in trying to win this year. DeAndre was the late trade, I think, and I said this two years ago, that they should have traded DeAndre because there was no real point in keeping that court together. But, low, here's the point I think a lot of people miss is Blake Griffin gets injured a lot, man. And so usually he would start the season really well, or maybe he will start with an injury, come back, and then do really well. There'd be a peak in the season where he's performing really well, and then the Rockets would believe that they have a shot this year. And because they think they have a shot, they would end up holding on to him. And then whether it was an injury or maybe they choked in the playoffs versus the Rockets, it seems like over the last few years they've always found a way to keep that team and continue to lose in more disappointing ways. So, shout out to, uh, is it Doc? Doc's the GM, right? Did he do something right? No, that's, 
see, he, this is another very interesting part about this. So I believe that this is Jerry West making this decision. This is why he was brought into the situation, have an outsider who has not been a part of the process of choosing the personnel on his team and make a basketball decision on what exactly they need to do moving forward. Because I feel like Doc, he gets way too attached to certain players. Um, what a great example of this is him consistently bringing in players that he either played with or coached with in prior seasons or players that played well against him at certain aspects over the last several years. So Doc, to me, he he becomes way too attached to players, so he keeps them way longer, which is why he went that. out of his yeah. way to to keep DJ, where he locking people in rooms and stuff like that. So that's Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry West, though, I feel like he was the one who was logical in this scenario and just was upfront and honest, and they had to make a basketball decision. And speaking of Doc, it, it, this is basically an end to an era, which also means that Doc more than likely is going to be out of out of this situation as well. Which, in my I, opinion. I think he should be. This is very uncharacteristic, which is why I had to check up to see. It is not. Doc Rivers apparently was stripped of his title as the president of basketball operations. Yes, and that, and that is true. Yeah, he was. So they gave it to Lawrence Frank because there's not something that Doc would do, which is also an interesting point. If you're the coach and the GM, as the coach, you build an affinity, some sort of relationship with the players, at least more so than the general manager. So when it comes to trading players, you might be more hesitant, which could have been the reason, could have not been the reason why they've kept their team together for so long. But it seems like for the first time in a long time, we've seen the Clippers do a move that actually helps their future. So like we've seen with the Raptors, we're on a similar path for a long time before they re-signed, uh, was it DeRozan this offseason? Was it Kyle? It was DeRozan. It was Kyle. Kyle. This offseason was Kyle. Okay, last, the previous one was DeRozan. So, it, like, both teams, the Raptors and the Clippers, were on the same pace. Where they were just, they were doing good, kind of. they make the playoffs. Then they would lose. And so it was just a matter of, is it worth losing like that anymore? Or do you want to try and get future assets? I think people forget, Tobias Harris hasn't made too much noise with the Pistons. But he's a very solid player. And we've seen that when he was playing for the Magic. Uh, of course, same goes defensively for Avery Bradley, who I think we could both agree wasn't doing so hot uh, in Detroit. So on top of getting two picks, it's a steal. It seems like Doc Rivers, low, we can start having the conversation, has been one of the worst general managers in a very long time. Mm, yeah. I, 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 I guess so, but it's really with just a situation that I don't want to say he's necessarily put in, but the one thing I, I feel like Doc consistently makes a problem with, and I said this in a video as well, where he just is way too reluctant and be, he becomes way too attached to veteran players, even though it's probably better for the future for him to draft some players or find some steals that's yeah. kind of laying around and mm-hmm. build them up into quality starters. Because throughout an entire process or throughout the entire um, Lob City era, they never had a starting small forward. And those are players that have been, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's just easy to find these players, but those have been players that have been passing around the league for quite some time now. Jeez. And the fact that Doc Rivers couldn't put his hands on one of them within that time period is, is again, this is a testament to his, um, general manager skills. And quite frankly, I don't think he's really that great of a coach either to be, I mean, just can be completely I agree honest. With you on I don't that. think he's that great of a coach. So isn't, isn't that kind of pathetic, Lo? All they knew, yo, do you remember, we were having this conversation a couple years ago where we were saying the Clippers need a small forward so badly. Then mm-hmm. he'd go out and get Paul Pierce at an old age or a Jeff Green. And you're like, yo, just, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, just just a- find somebody. Just find a young player 
that's a three and D guy. Like it, it, it's, it's not that difficult, or at, at least all. it shouldn't be that difficult. Yes, agreed. And so part of being able to trade and get pieces without giving up your best pieces is developing young talent. For example, I'm going to bring up Toronto a lot because I'm most familiar with them. Toronto is developing a lot of young guys you might know of like Van Fleet, DeLon Wright, Norman Powell. The, the Spurs do the same thing and they've done that with uh, Marjanovic. And so there's plenty of teams that develop young talent. Then they trade those young talent with some picks to help get some players without giving up their stars so they can contend for a championship. What we've seen from the Clippers is they would draft players and those players would end up doing nothing or they would get traded to another team and start to perform better on that other team. And so when consistently is being shown that players leave the Clippers and start performing better or you just can't develop anybody or make any sort of negotiations or at some points they've even had like cap space to deal with and they still couldn't snag a player uh we we're talking earlier about how gilbert was saying gilbert Arenas was saying that nobody wants to go to the second best team in a city and la is known for the lakers but damn you're living in la so it's already a dope city dope environment and the clippers have been doing pretty decent over the last like six seven years so the fact that you could snag one honestly low i don't even see how it could be a contest he got a position because of his success with the Celtics, and which is vastly, which is the most overrated resume in probably league history. Yeah, I that agree is with that. that is by far the most over because he was literally one year away from probably getting fired from that job, <laughs> and the organization just so happened to piece something together that's of quality. That yeah. I mean, the, the the idea that Blake, I mean, um, that Doc Rivers became an elite level coach simply because of a championship. That was centered around a big three. And also be very mindful that his assistant coach was Thibodeau, who left him and went on to lead a Chicago Bulls team to 60 wins. And then even after Derrick Rose was in and out of the lineup, they were still a consistent 40 to 50 plus plus one team. And they were always in the playoffs. So and 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 their identity was heavily predicated off of their defensive presence. So this idea that Doc Rivers has this great resume as a coach. It, I mean, now it's it's obviously been exposed, but even dating back to Orlando, I believe he was uh, um, misutilizing Trace McGrady's talents. Now, obviously, that, that organization had put the right pieces around T-Mac. However, there, there's really no true evidence that he should have kept his job as long as he kept it, let alone receive another title on top of being a head coach. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> You gotta that, get that was to, just Steve. That was Steve Ballmer just being lazy and not wanting to go look for a general manager. Like that's what that was. Yeah, it was. It's interesting because I don't even know how you get that much merit for winning a championship as a coach, especially considering the team they had in their prime. Now, granted, they beat some tough teams to get to that point to win it all, but damn, yo, I've never seen a more disappointing. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Half a decade. Of a team that could have been so good, but they just refused to take any risks. And the thing about taking no risks is that's the biggest risk of all. We've seen it multiple times. It happens every single season of NBA where a team holds on to a player. It doesn't work out. Player leaves. Boom, boom, boom. And, you know, if your name is Chris Paul, and this might also happen over in Portland with Damian Lillard or some of the other premier point guards who feel like their team isn't doing a good job of building around them. 
is eventually they're going to get fed up and they're going to say, get me out of this place because you're not doing a good job of building around me. So there's a clock ticking. Any, any city where there's a good point guard who you know is a franchise player needs the GM to build a team around him. And the clock is ticking because eventually he's going to get super frustrated and demand a trade. It's happened with Kobe. It's happened with Chris Paul. And it happens with superstars all the time. Now, some of them like Carmelo have a no trade clause and it gets to the point where is he, does he fit in the city? Can you even make the trade? Does he want the trade? But I'm, I think if you're a Clipper fan, you should be excited. You know, you might not be making the playoffs anymore, but at least you have a future that doesn't look brutal after everybody leaves. Especially financially, because Blake Griffin is supposed to be getting paid nearly $40 million at the age of 33. What? Who knows the type of, yeah, 30, $38.9 million. <laughs> so who knows? I mean, we're already talking about a player that is injury prone, a player that is a player that plays a style of basketball that is starting to become irrelevant in today's NBA. No, no, Who, I disagree with that point because he is stretching. The, he's shooting the three ball, but he's but he's shooting. He's shooting. He's he's shooting from behind the arc is still below league average, and his mid range percentage is trash. He's not even shooting. In, there's nowhere on the court where outside of obviously underneath the rim where he's shooting above thirty five percent. There's nowhere on the court outside of underneath the basket. Well, honestly, I think he's shooting a high difficulty of shots. There's some players that just shoot when they're open. Granted, like 34% isn't great, but he's a player you have to close out. And I think that still pr- provides opportunities. I put him on the same level as uh, players like maybe. No, I think DeMarcus Cousins might be able to shoot a little bit better than him. But DeMarcus Cousins definitely shoots better than him. What the hell? Oh, my God. Stop. But DeMarcus isn't really shooting a lot of, like, he's he's popping. I, I don't know. I've seen Blake Griffin play. We know he's an effective player, but I think, yeah, I agree with you. You're paying a guy $40 million who you know has the potential to get injured. That's risky, but then flip the script. What are the Pistons thinking? So that, do- and that's the que- So that's the question I was about to ask you, too, about Blake Griffin. Where does Blake Griffin rank amongst power forwards? Because I've been seeing so many people saying that Blake Griffin is unanimously the, the second best power forward in the NBA. In my opinion, he's not. I don't even think he's. I don't think he's a top. I don't think he was. I don't think he's the third greatest power forward in the NBA right now. I think the NBA. The problem with Blake Griffin is that the NBA has changed and adjusted so much so over the last five years, and with him in and out of the lineup, just trying to stay healthy. And having that take up a lot of his time, he hasn't been able to adjust within his own playing style. And again, I, I understand that what you're saying, and I understand many people are going to say this as well in, in, in you know, in my comments, on 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 um on my Twitter and stuff like that. I get that he's trying to adjust. I get that part. However, if you if you look at what Blake Griffin offers to a team, and you look at the other players that you can place at the power four position. Is Blake Griffin even that good of a player? What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in eighth grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much 
cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you need contacts. Took me about 15 minutes right before I left for work, and we're going to save you $30 off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com slash almighty, or use the enter code almighty at checkout. That's $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash almighty, or enter the code almighty at checkout. Just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. They only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 20-20 vision. They don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health. I agree. I'd rather take Draymond. I'd rather take Aldridge. I'd rather take take Porzingis. Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, that's that's three right there. AD, Porzingis, Draymond are better than him. I agree. And in my opinion... If we're talking, because I think Kevin Love is better than yeah, him as well. Yeah, I was about to say Kevin Love too. I would take him Cause too. Because pe- people think that it was blasphemous for someone to say that Kevin Love is better than him. No, Kevin Love is shooting a better percentage, better from behind the arc. He's a better rebounder. And he has significantly taken a hit to his game because he's playing with LeBron. But if if Kevin Love was in a very similar situation in um in, with the um, Clippers, I honestly believe, believe that team would have been better. Because one... Oddly enough, Kevin Love has had much, uh, much better luck of staying on the floor, but it would have been much better floor spacing for the entire team. I agree. So, I don't like in today's NBA, and this is the reason. It's a huge reason why I just don't think that the the Pistons came out on top of this. I don't understand where Blake Griffin stands in the hierarchy of basketball players, let alone power forwards, for anyone to believe that the Pistons came out well enough for them to make any argument that they won that trade. Because in my opinion, they didn't win that trade. You know what's interesting? Is that you're going to... All that you said about Blake Griffin, on top of the fact that now Drummond is on the floor with you, who is a low post presence, the spacing... And Reggie Jackson's not the greatest of... Reggie Jackson's not the greatest of shooters, and Reggie Jackson suffers from injuries. (laughs) Why would you make the trade? If you're the Pistons, you get Blake Griffin. You're still losing to the Celtics, the Cavs, and the Raptors, let alone if you make it to the finals where you would lose to any one of the Warriors, Thunder, uh, am I missing? The Rockets. And you'd probably still lose to the Spurs even if Kawhi didn't come back. I'd still have the Spurs. Like, it just, it doesn't add up to me. I well, get it's, that. It's, it's desperation. That's what it is. So what is it? You think it's just like get Blake on the team, generate hype, sell more tickets, yeah, make more money? That's exactly what it is. It was it was a what this is what many people are saying that it's just a business move. That this is an organization that just moved into a, a new arena that has to sell tickets and financially they are unstable unless they're able to sell tickets. And quite frankly, and I said this before the beginning of the season, people thought I was hating and they didn't want to hear it, but I'm gonna say it again. They are one of the most, if not the most, disappointing teams in the NBA right now because many people assumed that they were going to make the playoffs and they're not in the playoffs. And again, many people are saying, you know, Reggie Jackson suffering from injuries. However, Reggie Jackson should not be, and he isn't, at a level of a player in which he he can single-handedly determine how many wins a team is going to get. Like, he's not that good of a player. So this idea that that Reggie Jackson is the reason why y'all are losing, like, no, the Pistons are just not that good. That's just it. That is a fact. So Yeah. Well, to be fair, they are just – they're about to beat the Cavs today unless the Cavs do a crazy comeback. But in their last 10 games, low, they've lost nine. Like, the team is doing horrible. And it's not going to be one person. And to be honest – I think it's a conglomerate of issues, 
None of which I believe Blake Griffin can help solve. None of them. None of them. And two, not having Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris, which you can make a case maybe didn't fit on the team or what what went the coaching style, whatever the case is. But they now you're losing two players who are athletic who could defend, and you put in a player like Blake Griffin, not known for his defense. And I just I don't see the direction of the team. And I might be missing something, but this looks like a purely business move. Unless they know something we don't know. Unless they knew, like, Avery Bradley has to get surgery on his toe, and they haven't told nobody. Which, by the way, would be against the NBA rules that you would get sanctioned for that. Uh, But unless something like that happened, man, yeah, the Pistons take an L. Well, well, not only that, like you said, so what, what does Blake Griffin do? And I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like bash Blake Griffin right now, but I'm just, no, I'm asking, what does he do? I think he, he provides you an opportunity to have a really effective pick and roll, one, cause he's super athletic. Uh, okay, okay, wait, let's, let's pause there. Pick and roll. I agree. However, you have to have a dynamic point guard for that to be feasible to happen. And two, you gotta have spacing because you have to have room for the player to roll and not receive any help. Those are two things that the Pistons don't have because Drummond is already in the lane. And you have Reggie Jackson, who, when healthy, is an average, at best, starting point guard. That's what you have. So you can't even really use the maximum potential of Blake Griffin because Reggie Jackson isn't that great of a point guard for you to really have that type of spacing. You have Drummond. So that, that's even though it's it's still going to I'm I'm pretty sure they're still going to run offense that way, but that's one. Okay, what's what else does he do? Uh, he, he's he's an effective mid range shooter. Now he could stretch the floor. I think he's a decent three point shooter as well. Uh, I've debunked that already, but go ahead. Go. I think he provides opportunities for them on the fast break, and more than anything, and this would have been more effective if if uh, Reggie Jackson was a really good three point shooter. Is when you're so worried about Blake rolling now, uh, you also have to keep in mind you have to put Drummond somewhere when this is happening because, uh, or low. I just thought about this. How about when they're hacking Drummond, you could put in a player like Blake and he could stretch play center. Uh, it might not be the greatest of decisions if the other team is running a big man that's like seven foot or taller, but I think it just allows them a little bit of flexibility. But still, the pieces that they gave up, I think they lost a lot of depth. They might have done it so that players like Stanley Johnson can get a little bit more minutes, and he hasn't and really been developed. And Stanley Johnson is trash. Let's get yeah. something clear. But I, I want to give him a chance on another team before I say that, because it might just have been like his run on the Pistons hasn't been too hot. But he's a player when he came in the league. I remember he had a lot of potential, and people were talking about his potential. Kind of- potential. He's not. So, lived but up keep to in that mind, potential. remember when Oladipo was with the Magic? Then he left. Those are two Thunder. separate situations. Two separate situations. No, I'm just saying that I I like to give rookies who had hype, who I think can perform well, a chance on a different team before I decide that you know. No, I'm gonna they, t- I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna help you out right now. He's trash. <laughs> he's been. He's already been. He's been in and out of D League. And the only reason why I'm, I'm so adamant about saying that is because if you're not able to shoot threes on a team that is spacing out the floor in a manner in which it allows you to get open looks. And this team is fourth in the NBA in three-point percentage. If you're not able to make threes on this team, there's not too many other teams where it's going to be better spacing. And going back to what you said about losing Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley, when it comes to players who are attempting at bare minimum three three three-pointers a game, 
Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley are amongst their better three point shooters on the team. And so, I, 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 this is, this is the frustrating part about, especially casual basketball fans trying to explain to them just basic, simple, elementary aspects of basketball. You can't just add talent to a team and expect that it's going to help them because sometimes the talent that you're adding to the team doesn't fit. You became a worse three point shooting team. Despite the fact that that was your best aspect offensively, and you already struggled on the on the offensive end, and regardless of what you may believe by Avery Bradley, you got worse defensively as Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris were not only I would I would label both of them above average defenders, but definitely flexible defenders as both of them can guard multiple positions. You lost that as well, so they 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 became a worse team. I don't understand why people believe that Blake Griffin is he's not on the same level that he was six years ago. I'm I'm like I'm sorry to tell you, it's 2018. You're living in the past. And these whole hypotheticals that people are running with, it's the same hypotheticals y'all were running with with DeAndre Jordan. How everyone's saying, oh, well, they could do this and the lobs in the half court and oh, like it's the same <laughs> thing. It's the same, you're, it's the same rendition that we've been running for six years and it didn't work when they had Chris Paul running point guard. Why do you think it's going to work when they have Reggie Jackson running point guard? I agree with that tremendously. At the end of the day, I think the most frustrating part of this trade, if you're a Piston fan, is that they gave up the picks. And if if the Which draft is also was, crazy. That is the craziest thing in the world. First and the second. They didn't stop at first. They also got a second. Lo, can we just sit here and think about all the players in the last few years who've been drafted in between 20th to 30th, who've become starters in the NBA or even better? You don't give up draft picks easy. And I know I'm not like the general manager not going to watch this and say, oh, I never thought about it. They know that. So the fact that they were still willing to give it up for it for a piece that doesn't really make sense practically, I think is crazy. Lo, think about it. OG Ananobi went like, what, 22nd or something? He was late in the first round. He's a starter on the Raptors. And he's they put him on the best offensive player. He's a rookie, Lo. And if they're, if they're playing the Cavs, which is, which the Raptors crazy, put OG Ananobi on LeBron. Yeah. Come on, man. But you not, do but not, not give those I pieces thought, up. I, th- I thought that because I heard that they put protections on the first round pick. So I was like, okay, I'm assuming that this is going to be like a lottery protected pick, like 1 through 14. And if it doesn't fall within that, then obviously then the Clippers will get the pick. They protected this 1 through 4. <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, you do you? I mean, you don't even think. I'm pretty sure the Pistons don't believe that they're going to be in the in the seat in in the um in the argument to receive a top four pick in the draft in the next few years. So the fact that they could only <laughs> put protect a top four protection, and then it's not even like a if it falls within the first four picks in this year's draft that you don't get it at all. It's one of those rollover picks where if it doesn't, if it falls in the top four this year, the next year you have Damn. a chance of getting it. And you know then you have, bad? That, you have to happen- be at negotiating low to end up with that deal. Jesus, what's the point of a top four? You're not going to end up with the chances you end up on the top four is minuscule. That's the best you can come away with when you, when you got on the phone and called them. You were like, all right, so here's what I'm thinking top 15 protected. And then they call back, they're like, Nah, we're not doing that. And you just went, okay, all right, yeah, we'll go with whatever you said. Is the only possible way I see that they gave up those. <sighs> like I said, you you have to be crazy desperate, and, and and that's the and and that's the point that I don't, again I don't think people understand when you trade when you trade two starters 
that are both dynamic defensively, help you space out the floor from behind the arc. For a, a Blake Griffin, who at best, let's say he's an all-star in an Eastern, in a weak Eastern Conference. And at best, if he is your best player on the team, which as a side note, if you are a Piston fan and you, and you're, you're okay with Blake Griffin being the best player on your team, you're desperate. I mean, I don't that, think I mean they were okay with it. Uh, but I think they're welcome to it. I'm sure Piston fans are happy, kind of happened because they finally have like a star. I mean, would you be of, happy? Would you be I, happy? I wouldn't, but I could see why someone would. Then you're desperate then. I don't know about the word desperate. If you're that thirsty for a star that you get a 2018 Blake Griffin who's on who's under contract till he's 33 in which he's going to be making nearly $40 million that last year of his contract, you're thirsty for a, a star. All right, man. Well, at the end of the day, we know who got the W. We know who got the L. I just think it's weird. And you said in your video, this is the most out of nowhere trade. Uh, a player that was a corner, like everybody knew he was the Clipper. They traded him away in a heartbeat when it made sense. Yeah. I just think it's weird that fans almost sometimes require loyalty from players. Like, But in a heartbeat, teams are willing to sell a player if it makes sense for them. But a player isn't willing to – when a player does the same, like Kevin Durant leaves because it makes sense for him, it's the end of the world, right? Um, I just thought well, like well, LeBron, was, LeBron, LeBron actually talked about this on um, – Did he tweet about Twitter. it? Yeah, he tweeted about it. He, he, he said it again like, you, like you're kind of alluding to where when a player makes a decision to get – to go to another team, he's disloyal. But when, you know, the team makes a decision to move a player through a trade, it's a business move. Yeah. And and the only reason why it, this is so, if if you are a, a Clippers fan, why this may be, and it really you can be a Clippers fan, you can be anyone. The reason why this is so interesting slash frustrating slash out of nowhere, I guess, is the lengths that they went out of to go get DeAndre Jordan, and they kind of just was like, we're not going to do it anymore. And again, yeah. I understand, I I get why they did it, but it's just. This is a team that had a, a track record of, again, just doing everything they can to keep stars because for the very longest, the Clippers yeah. never had a star. And like you said, Blake Griffin was viewed as the guy. Like, this is our friend, the face of our franchise, the, the player that will spend the rest of his career with us because this is yep. what we need to do to kind of build some type of identity in the NBA and retire his jersey, do the whole shebang, shebang, XYZ. But you're now rebuilding. And hopefully everything works out. You got Jerry West in the front office, so hopefully everything does. But who knows what's going to happen moving forward, man. It's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what the Clippers do. We'll end this topic with this note. Always remember, if you're a guy that the, a franchise claims is is the star, you're the franchise player, go out and get yourself a no-trade clause. Jeez, man. It's not... Oh, it's they, just, were never giving Blake, they were never giving Blake a no-trade clause. But that you have to try to negotiate for it the same way Melo did, same way Kobe did. Because if you're that guy, you you need to ask them, am I that guy? Then give me the no trade clause. Those are the rules. And I think, you know, for a team that was speaking just last year saying, oh, this is our guy, Blake. This just to just, I don't know. I just feel like the Clippers might have made a good trade in the future. But I think their fan base is going to be a little bit salty about this one. Anyway, low. Uh, well, as, as, as I said, before we go on, just to explain to you how difficult it is to really persuade a team to give you a no trade clause. Steph Curry asked for a no trade clause, and the Warriors said no. 
Okay, you know, when you put it like that, but exactly. That being said, I don't know. I really don't know if how how frequently that happens in today's. But Steph did it because, like, he did it because it was good for the team. He had other stars, and they wanted to make sure the contracts worked. At the end of the day, they needed some flexibility. But if you if you look at Blake's situation, who's he sharing money with? Is Blake Griffin? He's gonna make as much as humanly possible, and the team is just gonna work around that. It's not like they were fighting for a championship anyway. But uh, okay, I got, I, and as another, y'all might have to go watch this James Harden game again. This man, James Harden, just recorded a sixty-point triple double, bro. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No yes, way. he did. You're He's lying the first player in NBA history to, to record a sixty-point triple double, yo. But you're lying though, so it doesn't. Happen. I'm dead, and I'm I'm looking at some of these highlights it's on Twitter, bro. He, he's trending right now too. This man recorded a sixty-point triple double, and when he got his sixty-point, it was on a four-point play. <laughs> yo, that's crazy to talk about James Harden. Lo, here's a player who I thought when he was playing for the Thunder was going to be a like maybe like a almost Hall of Fame type player coming off the bench, but you knew when he came in that he was efficient and effective and that the OKC when uh Russell and Katie's on the bench that they were straight. So when they choked Harden and he left, I thought that maybe he was going to be 85 overall player, right? I thought he was going to be okay, Lo. I thought he was going to be okay. I'm I'm so happy, and I love to see players out of nowhere blow up, and that's what he did. And to be able to keep it up with Dwight Howard once Dwight Howard left, with Chris Paul and when Chris Paul is going to leave, he's obviously going to be Hall of Fame. But sometimes you look at his stats, and I argued he easily should have won the MVP last year. Well, well he's going to win this year. He will, but I think he deserved two. And when we look back at his career and we see some of not even only his statistical accomplishments, but just his accomplishments in general, especially if he's able to win a championship, we'll ask how he didn't win more than whatever he's about to win. But damn, yo, 60 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds tonight. Uh, and what? he, yo, low, 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 low. The best part, he shot 19 for 30. Yeah, I saw that. That was definitely, I was like, yo, he just didn't care tonight. He was just jacking him up. Let's let's take a step back for a moment because you you talked about MVPs and this is very interesting because where the NBA is at right now because I believe as in, as a individuals this is probably the most talented the league has been since the eighties. I agree so much with you on that. And I so and, and so it's it's fairly impressive to win an MVP to begin with. Not even fairly impressive. It's just impressive. Uh, the reason why I, yeah. I would, I alluded to saying fairly is because sometimes certain, certain circumstances kind of propel you into a situation in which you can actually win the MVP, but it's still impressive. However, it's really impressive to be noticed as an MVP in today's league where Russell Westbrook for many out there, for people out there who don't know is literally like one as one assist or one rebound shy from averaging a triple double again. Where Curry and Durant, despite the fact they're on the same team with one another, are historically one of the most efficient scorers, if not the most efficient scorers the league has ever seen. DeMarcus yep. Cousins is putting up ridiculous numbers. Anthony Davis is ridiculous. LeBron is having the best statistical season of his career at, 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 at well, I think like 32, 33 years of, years of age. You still have Anthony Davis. Let's not forget about Giannis. He's putting up 30, 10, and, and 5. It's ridiculous right now, right? So mm-hmm. everyone is putting up ridiculous numbers. However, the fact that James Harden can put up numbers where he's standing out, his team is winning, like you alluded to earlier. They brought in Chris Paul and they're still winning, being able to adjust his game to compensate for another 
star point guard in the backcourt with him, which is something he's never had to deal with before because he spent a, a good chunk of his career playing with Patrick Beverly in Houston. That's impressive. His ability and, to and adjust, that's the reason why it's so great. His ability. So he plays point guard last season. And, of course, people started speculating whether he could do it. And then he starts to average these insane assist numbers, and you're like, whoa, James Harden could do anything. They add Chris Paul, and he's playing with one of the best point guards in the NBA, and you think, how in NBA history, In NBA history. I agree. And so you start to think, how effective is James? And he's, so I think if there's every year where the Houston Rockets get over the hump and really make noise, then I think it's this year. And honestly, it makes me happy to see him have games like this because I think everybody in the league and all the fans start to take notice that there's actually a team that's willing to compete with the Warriors. I I just wish in, in the bottom of my heart that the Rockets and the uh, Warriors could be the finals, man. I think it would be... In the bottom of my heart. <laughs> the, you see, I feel it in the bottom, but not the top left. Not, nah, in the very bottom... It would be a phenomenal finals to watch because I think anything the East has to offer just won't compare to the Rockets right now. Especially yeah, that's when true, these but guys that's, that's like been that. a story in in the in the NBA for like fifteen going on twenty years now. Mm, more so now, but I agree. Yeah, the West is really top heavy. Once you pass like the Rockets and the Warriors, I think there's a drop off, and then you get to the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the the Spurs without Kawhi, and that whole area. But yeah, shout but, out to um, James Harden, man. Yeah, shout out to James Harden, bro. I, I, I guess we're now we're we're more than midway through the season, but if we're if we're just saying our like our halfway through the season reports, James Harden is obviously MVP, MVP, especially since the Cavs started to lose games, and and that is that definitely become more of a dysfunctional organization. Which is a side note, Kevin Love. This just happened as well as we're recording this. Kevin Love is going to be out for six to eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, I see so, NBA.com right now. So, uh, again, I, I don't know. That that team is going to be interesting just to see what's going to happen. Because it's just funny how, you know, not too long ago, you got people pointing their fingers at Kevin Love. Now he's going to be out, and we're really going to figure out what's what on that team. Because if y'all, if y'all, if, if anyone came to any type of conclusion that the reason why that team was winning or anyone decided to point blame and it was at Kevin Love, Trust me, it's, it's going to be a, a wholly, a totally different story when you have Jeff Green trying to space the floor out for the team. It's going to <laughs> be a totally different. Forget story. Jeff Green. I, I was thinking, can we give Channing Fry some minutes? He performed really well in the playoffs last year, and he, he's been barely getting any minutes, let alone shots this year. He's some people like say he should, though. You, you, you're not, you're not lying. There. Some people say he should. I know he's not the greatest defensive player, but nor is Jeff Green. Geez, like if if you're gonna get into the whole process of trying to outscore teams instead of playing defense. Channing Fry might be your best friend. Hopefully they could, like, I don't know. It might help him, though. You know, based on how everything's been going, man, they might have needed, like, one player to go out just to work some things out with the rest of the team, give some other guys some opportunities. No, but, I don't. That's That just sounds terrible. Not not someone at the standard of, not a Kevin Love type player. You not love, your second best player. No, no. I would, I would shake things up so quick if I was, they're three for seven in their last ten games, Lo. <laughs> Ty Lue doesn't Ty Lue Look Look And I'm not trying to talk bad about you Ty Lue You know what I'm saying We already started the podcast Talking shit about Ty Lue So go ahead I'm talking to you right now You're Ty Lue Oh look, look, I'm not No <laughs> I 
I know you're not disrespecting me like that, my guy. Look, 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 look Tyloo, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but Tyloo don't have the balls. He don't have the balls to sit there and tell LeBron what was about to happen, change up the lineup, or t- tell Isaiah Thomas that, yo, you coming off the bench, which I don't know if you, I don't know if you told me this. Did you say that last, last time? Nope. That Isaiah, Th- I'm not, that Isaiah Thomas is, is, is playing and he's struggling so much right now. That low key, he might have to come off the bench. Just to be completely honest with y'all. No, I said traded. Yeah, come off the bench with someone else. Yeah. Okay, so trade, but traded doesn't sound that crazy either. Especially since they talk about bringing in George Hill, which as a side note, which is a be terrible perfect. idea. No, it's a terrible perfect. idea. It's a terrible perfect. idea financially. The fit makes sense. Who can? Man, you you don't think they made enough bad financial decisions with Tristan Thompson? It can't but get why worse. Would you, why would this, you double down with that? That makes no sense at all. Because this could be their last chance to win. Low, like they need to take a shot. You can't just so who are they? They the moving Tristan Thompson. They need to trade someone, and they're gonna have to give away some picks. And if they had any young guys, it would help out the process. But they're stuck with a with the oldest team in the NBA, a bunch of veteran players. That really just want to win a championship and ride along LeBron's coattails. But more importantly, low. can we talk about how this is LeBron's fault? This is GM LeBron. This coach LeBron. This it's is the his funniest team. Thing. No one, it, I, it's funny because, like, it's so many people who are not, like, the LeBron fans, y'all kill me. Y'all, the LeBron fans make me try my hardest not to like LeBron. Because y'all are the ones <laughs> who be like, oh, my God, LeBron's this, that. And it's like, he, but he's, he's not, though. He's not. But if any, if there was anybody else, if Kobe was on a team and it was this dysfunctional, they would crucify Kobe. And they, they did would. it. And you know what's crazy? They did it for the last three years of his career, despite the fact that he was suffering from an injury and trying to recover. Not they one injury. Him. His whole body was injured, bro. <laughs> they, was, they were still killing him. Yeah. Still killing. And there was no one on the team. And as a side note, many people kept talking about how Kobe should have taken less money so they can have more cap flexibility. And as soon as he retired, with the cap flexibility, all they brought in was Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov. That team was just, that that was was a poorly managed team. They had nothing to do with Kobe, but they still crucified Kobe. This man, LeBron, he said, oh, you know, sign, sign my man JR because he, he good. Sign Tristan Thompson because he good. They gave these players contracts in which they they have never been able to live up to. J.R. Smith looks like, realistically speaking, he should be re- looking at retirement within the next year or two. To not be honest retirement. You. You're OD for that. No, I'm not OD. I mean, he's he's an older player. It's not like it's that crazy to think that J.R. should nah, be looking you're, at retirement. You're definite, you think people retire at 35, though. You're overrating how, how much a factor age is. He's still effective in the league. If Vince Carter is still playing a role, you can't run around. That's Vince Carter, though. What am I, I definitely, I definitely hold Vince Carter to a higher standard than fucking J.R. Smith. <laughs> I think J.R. Smith is more inconsistent, but uh, I, yo, lo, think about it. Think about this, because I run a pro am team, and I have to actively make decisions on who starts and sits on any given night. And people get pissed off when they sit because they feel like if if you're benching Isaiah Thomas, you can feel like, yo, you're saying these other guys are better than me. First of all, they are people, though. They no, are. But keep in mind, some people have pride. So it, when I'm playing prime, I Who tell cares? a guy, no, we're not running with you tonight. They have pride. They're like, yo, you say I'm like this disrespectful to some people. So you can't run so around benching then. people. You need to if get your better. Coach, if your name is Coach Lou, you can't make too many adjustments. You're restricted. You could barely do your job. So not only did Iverson step over you, but now you can't even do your job <laughs> properly. Smith said, and, not only did Iverson step over you. And now the general manager is. 
duck basically just like and and keep in mind we're not in the phone calls nothing but almost on unanimous decision everybody agrees that you do not make a decision unless LeBron agrees with that decision. Do right? you though? No, let's let's now, now let's slow down the brakes yes. real quick. Let's, let's yes. pump the brakes. Yes. I'm I'm being dead honest. I'm at a point where I don't care no more. If LeBron stays or leaves, it don't matter to me. And I'm just doing whatever I need to do. Use yo, at the end of the day, can they beat the Warriors? If the answer is no, it still doesn't matter, but I still think it's worth talking about. For what? If if LeBron if LeBron came into the office and he said, No, nah, I ain't gonna sign no contracts until, you know, until I figure out what's gonna go on in the offseason. If but I he if has I, the right I, to. Oh no, I'm not I'm not saying hey, he got a, he, he got he has a right to jack off in front of the team. I don't care what he do. <laughs> I mean, he, he has he every got right. that right, man. That's public indecency, man. Hey, hey, he got he got the right to do whatever he wants to do. All I'm saying <laughs> is, if I've asked you two or three times, man, what, what you gonna do this all season? And the answer is, I'm not gonna tell you. Then I have to I have to function in which in in a way of which you're not gonna be here anymore. No, 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 to, no. Because you're yes, missing the yes, point, yes. Low. Because if Keep in mind, when you have a player like LeBron, you're always contending for a championship. And so you always have to take your shot. If you're operating like LeBron's leaving next year, you might lose your one shot in the next 10, potentially 20 years at a real championship. Are you, Agent? Are they really contending right now? No, but keep in mind, LeBron. You know LeBron's going to turn up in the postseason, right? So, Agent, he can turn turn up in the postseason, but if no one else can turn up, it's done. I agree. I agree with that. And we'll see what happens at trade deadline. But Kevin Love is, of course, a big blow. Low, uh, potentially more interesting news. Not to say Kevin Love's injury is not interesting, but uh, we talk about him a lot. Is why the Cavs. Yo, we just talked about how the Wizards were getting their feet under them. 28 and 22. They're doing aye, but not too much. The Wizards hot. are trash. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. The Wizards John are Wall trash, is out bro. for six to eight weeks, Low. And John first Wall of all, been playing really bad this year. Too. First of all, first of not all, bad, low. Not bad, not bad. Do they make the playoffs now? Because Detroit, ma- Detroit has Blake. You never know if the the, the New York is going to turn up, and it looks like Philly, Indiana, Milwaukee are all about to turn up. And so there's a potential that they could drop to ninth, but I think they still hold on even without John Wall, make it into the playoffs. So Philly right now is twenty four and twenty three. They're, they're two and a half games. They're two right. games behind the seventh seed, Indiana, but they're they're two and a half. I'm saying from Washington, they're two, they're yeah, two and yeah, a half from Washington. So, yeah, it's, it's possible. I, I, oddly enough, though, they won tonight. <laughs> they beat the um Thunder without John Wall because the Thunder are are so up and down. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yes. it's inconsistent. However, right. um, can they make the? Can they? I don't know because them falling out that that much is. That's gonna be tough to do. I mean, falling out from from fifth to out of the playoffs just because John Wall missed somewhere between you know six to eight weeks. The the, the scary part about it is if they're gonna rush John Wall back onto the floor because if they end up rushing him back on the floor and he's not a hundred percent healed, this injury that he suffered is so close to the postseason that if they rush him out just to make the postseason, he's not even gonna be healthy enough to be effective in the postseason. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I don't think they'll rush him. At the end of the day, uh, I think the Wizards. Actually, you know, I, I I disagree. I think they will rush him. No, nah, because I think they'll still squeeze seventh, eighth seed, and they'll end up playing the Celtics, Raptors, or Cavs, and losing the first round. 
So Pistons but, don't make the playoffs? Who falls uh, out? Who falls out or who doesn't make it at that point then? I'm not sure. Well, we'll see. I think. Nah, nah, you, nah, you got it. Nah, 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 nah. John Wall say. was out for a while and the, the Wizards were floating around 500. They were doing all right without him. And Beal is having a pretty decent season. He's shooting Which more people need to game. give him a lot more credit, Beal. I agree. I agree. He's shooting worse percentages, get more minutes. But granted, without John Wall on the floor, a lot of the attention is focused on him now. So his ability to just carry the team, uh, his minutes has gone up, I think is admirable. I don't know if it's going to be enough. And at the end of the day, I think they're fighting for the 7-8 seed in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a close race. Keep in mind, we have no idea if Detroit is even going to get better after that trade. So I don't want to say that just because they got that Blake is. now that things are going to go up and up and they're going to make the playoffs. So I'll have him at like eight for now. My prediction. I think. I think at this point, uh, I'm going to I'm going to shout him out at the end of the, at the end of the pot anyway. But Brad, but Brad Beal, he's 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 having a better season than John Wall. Not necessarily saying that he's be, he's a better player, but I think I did my rankings. Um, in the middle of the season, I'm pretty sure I put Bradley Beal ahead of John nah, Wall. You didn't do that though, did you? I think I did. I, I'm not 100. percent I got. I got to double. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because he is having a better season than John Wall. But John, but John Wall is like a facilitator. He uses his explosiveness to get other people open. Well, he well, like you just sat there and said, Brad Beal has been playing fine even without him. Not necessarily saying that he doesn't need him to an extent, but. John Wall statistically isn't having that great of a season. His field goal percentages dip pretty significantly. He's borderline forty one percent. Brad Beal has has upped the ante when it comes to his percentages, or at least they plateaued. Right. And he's a twenty four point scorer. Like he's leading this league in, in um he's leading this team in um in points. Low on a he's on a way real more side note, uh, would you rather have Oladipo or Bradley Beal? Great question. Because right I don't now, know what the answer to that is. Right now, Oladipo, just because he's he's more of a creator. But I don't think the gap... I think I think right now, the shooting guard position is, is much deeper than it has been in previous seasons. I simply agree. because I think many more teams are much more open to the idea of shooting guards being able to create for others. Which, shout out to Devin Booker, because he's, he's also doing that as well. So... I will pick up Victor Oladipo just because he's creating for himself and others more consistently than Bradley Beal, and he's a better defender as well. Um, which I would I would say that he's probably the third best shooting guard in the NBA right now. Uh, yeah, third, third, uh, best. fourth, fourth, fourth. fourth. <laughs> Had some questions there. You <laughs> disregarded yeah, Clay Thompson. For yeah, a second, that's man. that's the one I was I was overlooking Clay Thompson. <laughs> so fourth, fourth best shooting guard, then. Brad Beal and then Devin Booker, right? All right, that's fair. Okay. Well, I, you kind of disrespected DeRozan, but it's all good. What? Uh, How's that disrespecting him? Did you mention DeRozan? I'm I'm assuming we all uh, we are all aware that he's a he's a top oh, three okay. shooting guard. All right. Yeah. No, I knew that. I just didn't know. I'm about to say <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to say the. I didn't say James Harden. <laughs> no, there's a lot. We already understand. Those are understood. All right, man. All right, yeah. Uh, so it's it's been a pretty bad week of injuries. Of course, lad pos, lad last podcast we talked about uh, the Demarcus Cousins injury, Andre Roberson, now John Wall and Kevin Love go down. And I was just talking about last week how the NFL is being battered with so many huge injuries. Of course, Gronk may or may not play in the Super Bowl, 
and all of the huge quarterbacks and other players have been injured throughout the season. And I just thought to myself, NBA is doing pretty decent right now. I, like, there's no huge major injuries. There's no, like, of course, there's the minor injuries. There's some going day to day, but there hasn't been any superstars missing from play. Uh, and literally the same week, it seems like four players in the starting lineup and the superstars in the league just went down. So, man, prayers out. I hope they get better soon. At least for Kevin Love and John Wall, this means that they will be competing in the playoffs, unlike Roberson and DeMarcus Cousins. So, uh, at least there's that bit of good news. They can hopefully rehab and get themselves back healthy and 100%, albeit they're going to be uh, a low seed in the in the playoffs. And is they're going to end up getting snuffed by one of the top teams, but... You know, you still want to make the playoffs. You don't want to be ninth. That's the worst possible position to be. True, 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 true. All right, uh, so low, man. Uh, some some trade talk, of course. Uh, Nikola Mirotic is a player who's been standout this year. Honestly, I didn't expect it at all. Uh, and the Bulls have been getting some wins because of his play. But I've been seeing some Bulls fans on Twitter and about saying that they want Nikola Mirotic off the team. And he was on the block, man. Where do you think he's going to end up here in trade deadline? Well, earlier today, as we recorded this video on the, on the 30th, I'm all over the place with the video. As we recorded this podcast yeah, you on, on the 30th. Lo, um, this is a podcast. It's not a video, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So as, as we recorded this <laughs> podcast, uh, it, it, apparently there was rumors that he's supposed to go to the Pelicans. However, that fell through. So uh, I... I think the reason why the Pelicans wanted to do that is because I get they were trying to move Omer Asik to the Bulls for um, uh, Nikola Mirotic. However, I which don't would understand. Be huge, what, by the way, because it, it would, it would be huge for the Pelicans. That'd be great. Yeah, for yeah. for two reasons: one, Mirotic is a better player, and two, you get rid of the Omer Asik contract. But that kind of brings me back to the Bulls. So why exactly are they trading Omer? I mean, why are they trading Mirotic to receive Omer Asik? That makes absolutely no sense. So that's hopefully the Bulls can't. I think they're trying to lose, right? They're they're trying to lose. I get that point, but like you could you could get. I I feel like you could probably get at least some young pieces for Meritage, if I'm not mistaken. Like if you just want to overpaid athlete. Now if you want to overpay athlete, look, hit up the Lakers. You can get Luau Dang for Julius Randle. We'll do that in a heartbeat. So if you if you if you want someone overpaid, (laughs) the Lakers got plenty of players. So. That, I that think Mirotic would be a good fit for the Lakers. I never thought. I about think he that. would too. I, I, especially because the spacing is is desperately needed in LA. Yeah. So yeah. That, that and that's that's the thing that really bothers me is that the Bulls. There's so many suitors for Mirotic. I don't understand why they were at least contemplating pulling the trigger on that trade. For for Omer Asik, that shouldn't even be a conversation. Which does kind of also brings up for the. Pelicans, how it's going to hurt them because now there's probably teams that are thinking to themselves, look, if you're going to trade Miritich for Omer Seek, look, I got a, I got a much better package for you, and they're probably going to swing a little harder. So, um, like I said, the team that I think the Lakers, if you, if you want some young pieces, we'll give you Julius Randle. I guess the only problem him. with that is uh, Randle's on his rookie contract. Miritich is getting paid a little a little bit more than double Randle, so it had to be. Probably oh, Luol Deng. Pieces. Yeah, Luol Deng. But they, right. I don't think they would want... Because Luol Deng might help him win games. Plus, keep in mind, like he used to play for the Bulls, and that'd be oh, another yeah, I return. forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, so... Uh, Mirotic has this year and then a team option next year for both $12.5 million each. And Randall has this year and then next year on a qualifying offer. So, 
Randall's a bit better bargain, especially because the Lakers are trying to clear space going into free agency this year because every year they think they're going to snag a huge target. So I think it's really just dependent on whether they think they want to go big in the free agency or pick up Miritich now, which I guess they could pick up Miritich now and it's a team option. So if you don't want him, you could drop him. But I feel like it'd be a waste to give away Randall uh, when you could have him for two years if you don't know whether you're going to keep Miritich for two years. But I think Miritich on the Lakers would definitely help them win some games. Uh, And Kimai, he's shooting insane from the three-point line. So to stretch the floor, man, Lonzo, Kuzma, Hart, that whole young roster is going to have a whole new flight of opportunities. Plus, I think it'd be more fun to watch. Uh, By the way, how old is Miritich? This is not adding up. I didn't know he was this old. He's like 27, no? Jeez, I thought he was more like 24. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> he's he he's over. He played overseas ball first, and then he came oh, over. Word. Okay, so yeah, he's right. he's a little older. He's a little older. So um, whoa, if a yeah, player I, I like, plays, I like overseas. the Lakers though. I like the Lakers. Maybe another team. Um, I like your team. I don't know what your team is going to give up though, but I like uh, I like the Raptors as well. I'm sure they could give up like a, a Norman Powell or something like that that the Bulls might be interested in, but I don't know if that would even be a smart decision at the end of the day. Uh, Serge Ibaka is doing a solid job of shooting the three ball, but more importantly than that, is also doing a phenomenal job on defense. So more of a two way player than Miritich. It just maybe provides some bench depth, but then again, you'd be losing younger players who you can. So I don't know, but uh, they will find a home for him because Miritich is an interesting asset, and he's at a pretty good price point. I'd say he's a bargain for a lot of teams. True. Word word. word. Um. So, Lo, is there any other NBA news? Actually, forget the NBA for a second, Lo. I wanted to ask you something, man. Uh, What's that? Lame- I, feel like you're about to say, I feel like you're about to say something stupid. But go ahead. No, I'm not, bro. It's a really serious topic here. Lamelo and LiAngelo Ball are playing in this Lithuanian league, right? Uh, I've been watching some bro, highlights. I told you before the podcast, I don't watch teenagers play basketball, man. No, 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 no. But you got to hear That was including college as well. For y'all people who keep asking me about college, man, I don't watch teenagers play basketball, man. See, Lo, this is why people hit me in my mentions. That's what you sound can, like and they can, And they can say it all they want to. Man, I don't, man. <laughs> I, I've, I've peeped, I peeped them out. I peeped out LaMelo and them a few times. Shout out to LeVar Ball for being a head, for basically appointing himself as a head coach. I, I guess that's how that works. So shout yeah. out, shout out to LeVar, shout out to LeVar no, Ball. No, no, but Lo, take this in though. Uh, so I'm watching the games. Now, when you watch the YouTube videos, of Lamelo Leangelo. They cut out all the misses. And low-key, they look kind of nice, man. So I figured I was on Facebook, and they live-streamed the games over there. I figured I would watch one of the games. And they look trash, right? Low, 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 low. I would skip forward. I would see Lamelo pull up for the most contested shot. And at one point, Leangelo hit the side of the backboard. And then he followed up. I I can't make this up, Low. You're going to think I'm exaggerating. You're going to think I'm adding some sort of I'm not making this up. He missed a point blank layup. Like, oh no, I've, the, no, I've the first game that they they put on Facebook. I watched and I watched both Lamelo and, and Jello miss layups. I was like, bro, I can't watch this. What is this? But maybe worse than that, Lo. You ever when you go to the rec and you're playing with your boys? There's fives, or maybe you're running fours full court, and there's runs basically. And you get to the point of the night where, like, you played enough and you had... But now you kind of just want to throw up some shots. And you're, like, sagging. You're running back slow on defense. That's what it felt like watching that league, yo. It felt like nobody cared about defense. If you focused on some of the players as they were running back on defense, they were some of them were walking. And 
in my mind, I was thinking because before Jonas Valanciunas came to the NBA, I'm pretty sure he was playing in the Lithuanian league uh, because he's Lithuanian. So I'm like, if, if Jonas was in this league, he'd be eating these guys alive because they just look like I could find players at my college who could destroy them blindfolded. And it just felt like I don't well, really wait, see. How, Lamelo, how old is Lamelo? Lamelo's fairly he's 16. young. Yeah, he he's took 16. so to a degree that makes sense. Jello is is a is supposed to be a college player. Like he should be at yeah. the collegiate level. So, but I think many people already knew that he wasn't going to be good enough to play um at the NBA level anyway. So there's that. But I think another thing that's that's really concerning about this, and I really wasn't concerned. And I'm not. I'm not, I don't really don't get into the whole Lavar Ball thing. But you know, it is what it is since, we're, since we're talking about it. I really didn't care too much about how he took his kids out of school because I mean, let's just keep it a buck. They're millionaires now, especially since um <laughs> since he's in since um um what's my man name? Lonzo is in the NBA right now. Right. So they're millionaires and and Lavar he was in the he was in the league as well. So he was in the NFL. So they they have yeah. money. It's not like it's that big of a deal if they don't you know, get the proper schooling, especially if the, the, the purpose of what they're doing is to eventually make it to the NBA themselves. However, right. when you take them out of the, when you take them out of high school and we take them out of college, not only are you taking away their schooling from them, but you're also taking away the experience and them being able to play up against collegiate level talent. And the problem that I have with LeVar when he was coaching Lonzo is that there's a certain aspects of basketball that Lonzo is desperately behind everyone else, such as being able to operate in a pick and roll, such as being able to finish around a rim properly, such as being able to look for contact. These are things that players such as Donovan Mitchell have already picked up on pretty quickly because yeah. they were played on a team with a head coach at the collegiate level in which they play a, a style of basketball that is also represented in the NBA. And they, and I think, I think Donovan Mitchell played two years. Kuzma played for more than a year as well. I think he played three years. So, especially when you play in the, in the collegiate league a little bit longer. But if you look at how they played at Chino Hills, that style of basketball cannot be duplicated in the NBA. No way. Yeah. So, like, now, now they're playing a style of basketball. And the same thing is now happening in, in the Lithuanian league where they're, they're smoking layups. Like, what are you doing? And, and I think more importantly, Shooting bad percentages and losing to other Lithu, they're winning some games. And keep in mind, there's like two different types of games that are stream low. There's the BBB challenge games, which is like it's like playing like an exhibition game. And then there is the actual league games, and they'll lose some of these games. And sometimes it'll be late in the game, and they're up forty, and they're still in the game, just padding stats so that they could like. There's a tweet that says Lonzo. Or, sorry, not Lonzo. LaMelo got a 40-point triple-double or something. And so the more I watched these games, I was like, damn. Like, when you watch it live, you know for a fact that the talent is just... Am I going to use the word non-existent in that league? So I just don't see why you can take... If you can take him out of college, cool. Yo, maybe EuroLeague, League in China? You're pushing it with the Turkish League. But fucking Lithuania, man? Jeez, bro, damn, but to, man. But to Yo. be honest, but to be honest, I don't even think they were, they were good enough to make those leagues, though. That's the problem. That is the problem. But you had to be sure that they can before you take him out. Keep in mind, yo, LiAngelo was in. He was in the locker room warming up with UCLA before the whole like robbery in China incident. 
He was in the state-of-the-art facilities practicing with other top prospects. And now he's practicing with, with what? Trash. Basically, in Lithuania. Now, it's entertaining. I watch the videos, the streams. I can't watch the streams. It just it depresses me to see that like that they went there. But I watch the videos, and it's entertaining at the end of the day. You know, I'll watch uh, their Facebook reality TV show and all, but... Uh, I have hopes for Lamelo, but Leangelo is a low post six foot six player. He's like he's like a two, he's like a two K. Uh, like you, you know, last year when I was testing archetypes, just making weird stuff like a six yeah, foot yeah. slasher, like yeah. a six six post score. It's like that. Like you just three point shooting is not really efficient at all, and he's a low post player. And can we, can you imagine him posting up on Aldridge? He get that shit swatted ten times out of ten. It just won't ever happen. So well, it's anyway. not even. It's not even. It's just he's just not an athlete. Like he's just not athletic enough to play at any elite level. That. Like yeah, yeah, that's just because yeah. you can you can have a little weight on you. you just lose a weight. Just find your footing in the NBA. In the NBA, because I mean, honestly, if he were to get athletic enough to where he could stay on the floor consistently enough, he could. I don't know. I don't know how tall he is. I had to double check, but he could easily just be like a. I don't want to say Draymond Green type of player, but an undersized player where he's just bringing the defense. Similar to what, like, Marcus Smart is probably a better example. Well, Marcus nah, Smart, he's in the NBA. he reminds me of Chuck Hayes, but all right. But you but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, someone who's, he, he doesn't have a really, no undersized, he's very undersized. He doesn't have, he doesn't really bring anything to the core offensively. However, yeah. on the defensive end is where he kind of brings the intensity and that can only happen mm. if you're in shape enough to do so. And he's he's not yeah. he's not athletic enough, nor yeah. is he in shape to do that. Yeah, so I just thought it was interesting to bring up. In the midst of, like, uh, I don't follow bro. college neither, Great but in the midst of, like, everyone talking about Trey Young, you know, as the season goes on and more college games. I ain't going to lie. I'm watching him, though. I'm watching Trey yeah, Young. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, That's, he's, he's, he's interesting, interesting player. And I've been watching Sharif O'Neal a lot. Uh, he's playing he's, at he's, Crossroads. He's low-key... Trey, and I'm not saying when I say trash, I mean like again. He's not though. But. No, 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 no. But but I'm saying that as in like I I watch nothing but professional basketball. So when I see some of the oh, things right, that they do, right. it's like uh, okay, that's kind of suspect. But like he'll yeah. have games where like this is the reason why I hate Twitter too. Like people be on Twitter, they'll be like, oh my god, he he scored like the first college player since X Y Z to score thirty plus points and grab ten rebounds. And then you look at his stat line, that man will go for like ten for forty two. I'm like, bro, he, hey, of course he got 30 points. He attempted 42 shots and like nine of them were like threes that he made. Like it was just some of the stat lines would just be ridiculous. And no one doesn't want to like show you the entire stat line. Yeah. Which, you know, it is what it is. But They'll hide know. it. They'll, especially like it's, it's tough to get the stats for LaMelo and LiAngelo too. Uh, they don't show it all the time. And you, there's no real way to find it online. I tried searching to see what his field goal percentage was before the pod. Uh, that shit is hidden, my guy. <laughs> but yo, yeah, exactly. um, if you, if for the people listening and even to you, Lo, I recommend you watch. There's a few teams, but there's a team called Crossroads. Sharif is Sharif plays on that, but more, maybe more importantly, there's this like five foot six point guard, this little Asian dude. <laughs> Lo, he's so tiny, it makes no sense that he's playing at this elite level. But he's he's like a he's like a spud web, not in terms of high flying, but just he just reminds me that small but athletic. He always has the vision to find shooters. It's just a really neat team to watch. If you ever thought, like, I would never watch high school basketball, but I want to try and watch it this one time, 
If you could watch like a televised game, I know they stream some of them on Twitter. They probably got some on Facebook or just watch some highlights on some of the YouTube channels that post them. I know Home Team Hoops, Baller Vision, Baller's Life post that kind of stuff. That team is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of that. And uh, I think the only player on my radar for college right now is uh, Trey Young. And maybe a few others. But So we'll see how, how that you know everything goes. This rookie class this year is pretty phenomenal. So the next one hopefully can keep that up. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But Lo, I think this is the part of the podcast, man, where we defer to each other for a highlight player that didn't do so hot over the course of the regular season as Lowe dropped the call. Lowe, what you up to, my guy? The call dropped. I don't know. Yo, we have a pretty funky process for how we do this on the podcast, man. Uh, I'm listening to Lowe on my laptop, but I'm recording on my PC. So the mic I hear from Lowe is straight booty cheeks. Uh, and, and it dropped. Lowe, you there, man? Okay, man. Yeah. So did you hear what I said about the highlight player? Go ahead, Lowe. No, it sounds like you don't have your highlight player ready. No, I do have my highlight player. So I was my highlight player was supposed to be um Brad Bill. Like I said, he's been playing really, really good. However, I, I talked about Bradley Bill already, but yo, for people out there who who again don't want to give Bradley Bill the credit he he deserves, like I said before, he put in like twenty five, nearly twenty five points right now, and he's scoring very efficiently on a team that I think many people just give way too much credit to um John Wall. So. There, there, there was my original one. However, if I had to pick out um another player, shout out to my man um, uh, to my man uh Darren Fox, man. I've seen a few things where oh yeah, he's looking he's looking a little bit better, and I think that's the reason why um the Kings are so willing to like move on without George Hill now. Like they're kind of looking okay, and I can I can kind of see things start to come together because. Him and Dennis Smith Jr. started off really slow in the beginning of the season, and a lot of people yeah. didn't recognize it or they weren't really paying that much attention to them. But over the last like 10, 15 games, I've 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 watched the I watched them more frequently, and he's definitely played better. He just came off like a twenty six point performance against the Spurs um, last game. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, shout out to him, man. He's he's been doing straight. You see his game winning uh, play; shit was phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Super yep. exciting. Yep. Um, I'll give my highlight to a player who has been getting injured for a very long time. And this year seems to have stabilized. He has career highs and points per game. He's shooting 50% as a point guard in the NBA is my man Drew Holiday. With DeMarcus out, he's going to have to carry a bigger load. And I'm really happy that he's just had a season where he's not been, been battered with injuries. He's been healthy. And just to see him excel like this on, he got his contract last year. So he's been living up to, in my opinion, his contract. The team is, well, at, to this point, third in points per game. Likely going to drop without DeMarcus. I was about to say, nobody, you keep saying that stat as if it has anything to do impressive. with any other players. Because impressive, man. You, you, it's you never, only you two never, players are making that possible, Agent. You keep nah, saying he has, that. He has, he's dropping 19 points per game on 50% shooting, bro. That's just that's just straight up impressive. So shout out to him. Not a lot of people talk about him, but I'm hoping he could keep that up without Demarcus and work some he shit out. He won't with though, but you got it, you got it, you got it. But he deserves. I think he deserves. Yeah, shout out to Drew right. Holiday. You right, you right, yeah, you right. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, so any last words, Lo? We can end the pod right here, man. You guys have been watching the step back ankle breaker. Iverson stepped over Lou Ty Lou podcast. I think is that what I called it at first. 
Something I like that. Something Look, like that. Ty Lue, yeah. I know, I know you're kind of losing your mind right I'm now. I'm not. Don't, yo, you've been Ty Lue, especially, bro. You no, know no, no. I'm definitely not Come Ty Lue. No, you're Ty Lue. Ty Lue, hey, you're losing your no mind way. a little bit, especially since that time I crossed you up and I stepped over you once I hit that knockdown J in the NBA Finals. And you basically just allowed me to score 40-plus points on you to allow my team to get the first and only win against the Lakers Lo, in the postseason. This, this whole role-playing thing you're doing isn't working, my guy. Cut it. Cut look, it. Look, 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 Ty Lue, Ty Lue, chill, 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 chill. You, you're getting a little reckless, Ty Lue. Chill. You're getting a little <laughs> reckless. But, yo, yo, shout I, out to— Look, look, look. We need to decide on a subreddit. Sorry to cut you off. Because I like to put up polls and shit and just, like, you know, build a community with listeners. Because— it's spread out. Some people will listen on iTunes, Google Play, etc. There's no like one hub where people could talk about stuff on the pod. They just like hear us think, and they might think, "Well, this is what I would do." Lo is crazy for saying this. Lo knows nothing about basketball. How Some about this? Stuff they might be saying. How about this? How about we do this? And I'll make sure I say this in the beginning of the next one. Because people, I think people are going to watch these last two, um, last two or three uh, episodes. If you want us to get a subreddit. Make sure we we on we we try to get as high as we possibly can on the iTunes charts. Facts. That's a big fact, Lo. That is that's a, yo. That. If you want, if you want, I don't care if you got a, a, a Android. Find yeah. a way to go on the iTunes charts. I'll just download it, click on it, let it play. Even if you don't, if you even if you already listened to it, hit us with a five star, and we'll make sure we have some type of community on 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 Reddit. That's a big fact, yo. Uh, we've been, we're, we're doing pretty great right now on iTunes. You know, if you check like the popularity rating, I mm-hmm. wish they gave numbers on iTunes about like what the downloads are. You know, it gave us a good idea of how far away we are from some of the greats like Bill Simmons and Jalen Jacoby. Um, but yeah, man, yo, listen, people, I appreciate y'all coming through, listening to us speak. I'd like to have this be like a two way conversation if we create, if we could create the subreddit. We'll have plans to do that hopefully over the next few podcasts, man, showing us love. Whether you're rating the pod or not, just enjoying the pod, downloading the pod. Hey, either way, man, we appreciate it. Uh, and you've been listening to the Step Back Crossover, Iverson Stepped Over uh, Ty Lu podcast, man. Otherwise known as the Off Top Pod. We'll catch y'all later. I'm out. We're out. Peace. Peace. You can cut that out, right? No, I'm, I'm going to keep all The part that. where you went, peace. No, I'm going to keep all that out. I'm going to keep all that in. All right, bet. Honey? In here. Oh, you painted the ceiling. Yep. Blue. Feels so much less cooped up, right? I guess. What's the yellow paint for? Well, the floor needs a double line, otherwise it's chaos. Can you hand me that yield sign? It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.